Do you regret attaching your name to the former president? None whatsoever. The president calls and asks for representation. I think every citizen in my position should be willing to stand up for we got a plane to representation. Eastman was a key figure in the fake elector scheme in Georgia and other states and the alleged mastermind behind the six-step plan for having then-Vice President Mike Pence overturn Joe Biden's election victory. The indictment reads in part, quote, during a telephone call, Trump and Eastman attempted to persuade Pence to reject slates of presidential electors or return the slates of presidential electors to state legislatures. This was an overt act in furtherance of the conspiracy. And as CNN has reported, Reported, John Eastman is also unindicted co-conspirator number two in special counsel Jack Smith's federal election case against Trump. CNN also learning exclusively tonight that Rudy Giuliani, Trump's one-time lawyer and one of his co-defendants in Fulton County, still has not found a Georgia-based lawyer to negotiate his surrender. We have Paula Reed out front at the Fulton County Courthouse. Paula, let's start with your brand new reporting here about Rudy Giuliani. Why is he having such a hard time securing a Georgia lawyer? And what happens if he doesn't by Friday? Will he just be arrested? Well, Brianna, he's currently facing seven-figure legal debt. He's had trouble paying many of his attorneys, which, of course, makes it hard uh, to retain or even attract uh, a new counsel down here in Georgia to help him through this prosecution. We've learned, though, that former New York Police Commissioner Bernie Carrick, one of his longtime closest friends, has agreed to sort of help him through this. Now, Bernie Carrick is not an attorney, uh, but he does have extensive experience in the criminal justice system, uh, both as a police commissioner and also as a defendant. He was uh, convicted and then pardoned by former President Trump, but he's helping Rudy through this, reaching out to lawyers here in Georgia to try to get someone uh, who will agree to represent them. But for Brianna, as of now, all Rudy needs is someone with a Georgia law license who's willing to just sign a bond agreement so that Rudy can go and surrender. Now, this doesn't have to be a long time relationship, right? This is not going to be permanent representation. Right now, all they need is one lawyer who will sign that bond agreement, and it does appear likely they'll be able to find that, but then they need to continue to hunt for someone who will represent Rudy throughout the course of this case. Now, if he was to not uh, surrender by Friday, uh, yes, he could potentially be detained. Which, I mean, that would be something. So we'll be watching to see how this plays out. What are we finding out about what may await former President Trump on Thursday based on his co-defendants who surrendered today? So, Brianna, we saw two of his co-defendants surrender today. The choreography down here in Fulton County is that you negotiate a bond agreement and then you go through that process of surrender. Today we saw bail bondsman Scott Hall and conservative attorney John Eastman, who you were talking about in the introduction, they both went through this process. And as part of this process, they were fingerprinted, they had to fill out a lot of forms, and then each of them had a mugshot taken, and we're actually waiting any minute we could get those mugshots. Now, the former president, his process will be similar, with a caveat that he has Secret Service protection. So it's likely that the facility, the Fulton County Sheriff's Office, uh, will be restricted during the time he's in there. That could help him move just a little bit quicker, but the DA is adamant that he will be treated like any other defendant. All right, Paula Reed, thank you so much. Live for us from Atlanta. Out front tonight, John Eastman's attorney, Harvey Silverglate, is with us. Harvey, thank you so much for being with us. Um, can you give us a sense of how it went today as your client turned himself in? Well, it completely as predicted. He turned himself in and put up the bond and was released. That was what all that happened, all that was supposed to happen, and all that did happen. 
he had a mugshot taken. Any any other details you can share with us about the process? No, it was completely unremarkable. Uh, Eastman made clear in his comments today that he still believes the election was stolen. He is very loyal still to President Trump. Why is he confident that Trump will not hang him out to dry and try to make him the scapegoat for these alleged crimes? Well, remember that Eastman is unique among all these defendants. His role was 100% that of a lawyer trying to come up with creative ideas that push the margin of the law uh, in order to reverse the electoral college count. So he's unique. He is on trial for being a lawyer who was coming up with creative ideas. He is unique. And he doesn't, and, and of course, Trump might say he relied on Eastman's advice because he did. Eastman was his lawyer. So I wouldn't call that throwing anybody under the, uh, under the truck. So, I mean, he certainly is making the case that he was unique. Today, your client said he was targeted for, quote, zealous advocacy on behalf of his client, something that attorneys are ethically bound to provide. Uh, I'm sure that you are familiar with the federal indictment of former President Trump that says that on December 31st, 2020, your client, John Eastman, submitted a filing on Trump's behalf uh, affirming false election fraud allegations in Georgia, and that before that, Eastman before he filed that, according to the indictment, he acknowledged in an email in writing that he had, quote, been made aware that some of the allegations and evidence proffered by the experts has been inaccurate and that signing a new affirmation with that knowledge, and I'm quoting here, and incorporation by reference would not be accurate. Does Eastman think that he was ethically bound to make those knowingly inaccurate statements in court on behalf of Trump? First of all, you use the word knowing, knowingly inaccurate a little bit loosely. These were way out theories that could change the result. And Eastman was throwing them out and nobody was threatened, nobody was bribed, nobody was coerced. It is not a crime to try to, without threats, to try to convince somebody to change their mind about something. And that is the difference between this case and traditional RICO cases, which are used against organized crime in order to, uh, to try to get criminal enterprises that rely on murder and mayhem and blackmail and all kinds of things like that. Nobody was blackmailed. Nobody was threatened. Well, I'm not the one using the term inaccurate. Your, your client is saying would not be accurate. And that's a quote. That's his quote from an email. Right, but that is not a crime. He didn't coerce or bribe or threaten anybody to take his word. He was throwing them out. The authorities judged well, no, whether or I'm, not what, it was going to fly. Har Harvey, just to back up a little bit here, I'm talking about the fact that he was submitting in court a filing that he had pr prior to that admitted would be inaccurate. So if, if, if this, this was an inaccurate filing, a judge can hold a contempt hearing. This is, not a, this is not a case justifying a racketeering indictment. If there, if there is a, if he it was inaccurate, that could be taken up in contempt hearing, it could be taken up in a bar proceeding. 
But this is a gigantic RICO thing, which is trying to put on Eastman's lap everything done by everybody else. And I'm not saying everybody else committed a crime. I'm, I'm agnostic on that question. I'm only interested in Eastman. Well, I mean, you're a lawyer. Do you knowingly make false statements in court on behalf of your clients? Because this will be up to the court to determine how significant those statements were and what the charges would be for that. I mean, that is what we've seen from the DA. Would you make false statements knowingly? No, I never have. Um, I consider myself in a vulnerable position. I'm a civil liberties and criminal defense lawyer. And I, 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 I dot my I's and cross my T's very carefully. But that doesn't mean that if somebody is, is less careful that they've committed a federal or a state RICO offense. So I do want to ask you about the federal case in this because he is right now the unindicted co-conspirator number two in that. We have the D.C. grand jury still meeting. I know you're watching that as well. Do you expect that Eastman is going to be indicted in the federal case? Do you have any reason to believe that he might be in the clear? Well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm sort of puzzled that he's an unindicted co-conspirator. Um, an unindicted co-conspirator could be indicted at any time. My suspicion, I've become a little bit of a cynic in my in my 50-something years of doing this work, is that the feds are going to approach us hoping to turn him into a witness and saying that they're going to indict him if, they, if he doesn't turn into a witness. Now, if you and I engaged in this conduct, it would be a crime. It's called extortion. When prosecutors do it, it's par for the course. The same is true of plea bargaining. They'll say to you, if you go to trial, we're going to recommend to the judge a 20-year sentence. If you become a government witness, we'll, we'll, we'll recommend that a sentence be suspended. If you and I did that, we would be indicted for extortion, for making threats in order to get person to act as you want. The prosecutors do it all the time. The system is riven with this kind of, of uh, misbehavior, but because they're the prosecutors, they don't well, get what prosecuted. Would he say? So you're saying you anticipate that. So uh, I am assuming that you have not been approached. Yes, anticipate. Uh, you anticipate that. Would, no, what, would he do? Been approached. I, what would he do? What would he do? I'll tell you one thing about John Eastman. He's a very religious man. He will not testify falsely. He will not take an oath uh, to his God and to his government uh, to, uh, to testif testify truthfully and then testify falsely. He is not going to be a government witness.